we'd like to start the show with a thank you. We asked for your help to raise £90 for the cost of the podcast. Following donations from John Wilson and Ian Telford, which we mentioned last time, Ali Scott and Darren Cowan have got us over the line. What that should mean is it'll become much easier to subscribe to the podcast in various places where you might find it. The podcast already been added to TuneIn and Stitcher, and we're just awaiting confirmation from iTunes and Spotify to come through. It'd be a big help if everybody who listens to the podcast can like the Facebook page and subscribe for the podcast wherever you find it. Having sponsorship for the podcast allows us to reach more people and to talk about the good work that certain charities are doing around about Airdrie Football Club. We also have a second dream though. Airdrie Ladies Football Club was set up two years ago. They had a brilliant first two seasons where they enjoyed the generous sponsorship of Bell Group. However, that's now fallen away. The ladies team needs £4,500 to meet its running costs over the next year and we're looking for you to help them out. If you go to GoFundMe and search for OTL Podcast, you'll find a place where you can donate money to them. If you're a business owner or you know anybody who would like to help the ladies team over the coming season, please let us know and we'll help you get in touch with them. A massive thanks for all your donations to date and any further donations would be massively appreciated. The Lonely April Podcast. We've got a new venue, new panellists and a new hope for the season. It's back in our hands and in part one we consider whether or not we think Adrian can make the playoffs. The club's got a new director of football and in part two we consider what Shoot Miller's appointment might mean for the Diamonds. In part three, a fly in the wall. The club allowed new BBC show A View From The Terrace into the dressing room for the recent game against Montrose and we consider what the panel thought of that. And then, in part four, we start a new section, Desert Island Diamonds, where we look back on our favourite games. It's okay not to be okay. The OTL podcast wants to highlight a couple of excellent organisations who work with Airdrieonians in the field of mental health. First up, Back Inside. Are you suffering from mental health issues, social exclusion, loneliness, grief or the loss of a loved one? Join the team from Back Inside the first Monday of every month at Airdrie Football Club where they welcome along anyone who feels they need some support, someone to listen to them or just to have a cup of tea. They'll be there from 7pm until 10pm and they look forward to seeing you. The evening is free of charge and if you have any questions please don't hesitate to contact the team at info at backonside.com Back Onside. Support through sport. Podcast this month's got a new feel, a new venue and some new voices. So I'd like to welcome, we've got two for the price of one, uh, Colin Morrison, International Swally stalwart and Airdrie fan of many years. Welcome. Thank you, Colin. And with him his son Evan, named after Airdrie Hall of Famer Evan Balfour. Hi Evan, how are you? Good. Good. Uh, and we've also got Jack McCracken who's been on the podcast before uh, but not in kind of one of the round tables. So yes. welcome back Jack. Thanks very much. Uh, and we can't get rid of him. Uh, he's, he's been here every time and ever present, always entertaining. Alan Porteous, hi Alan. Good, always good for a moment. Yep, and yep. Y- <laughs> you've got myself, Colin Telford. Uh, we're sitting down just before the East Fife game. The four L's have happily given us a venue and we're in uh, what will be 
the trust fundraiser for Mongolia tonight. So all the tables have got eighties pop names on them. Uh, I can't. I'm not sure what we're sitting on. We're next to Spandau Ballet and Bananarama, but I'm not quite sure what we are. So it's the murder mystery. What Frankie? Night, Frankie goes to Peter Spuns. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we want to just have a bit of a catch up. So last time around, we had a pretty heavy uh, second part of the podcast on everything that's going on between the trust and the board. That's not really changed this month, so we can concentrate just on the football. It's East Fife today, and it's back in our hands. If we win today, we could potentially be in the playoff position, depending on what happens between our both and Montrose. Things have really picked up because it looked as if we might go down when we last got together. Um, we lost to Wraith Rovers, but back-to-back wins against Forfart and Breakin and a draw at Dumbarton have got us in the mix. So, just to throw open, are we going to do it? What do you reckon, Jack? Probably not. Probably not. We never do it. We never do it. Been fifth, sixth, seventh place too many times over the last four or five seasons. I don't think we'll do it. Were you? Who was anyone down at Dumbarton midweek? No, no, no it was not. No, no. I, 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 <laughs> no. Saw, I saw on uh, on Diamonds yeah, Diamonds TV. TV. Now did it just before? I said, did anybody notice the, the wee kid? Screaming oh, all the way through. Right. Yeah. Oh, Honest to God, I nearly jacked it after about, about 30 seconds. Like, Wah! 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 Uh, so uh, none of us were at Dumbarton. It's no. a really insightful podcast. Well, for breaking games, we say, well, you're able to catch up now. Was uh, the goalie to blame? First one, first one, he did move. Third one, we'd give him the benefit of the doubt. I couldn't tell from the camera angle how close to him it was. Didn't look, didn't look clever. But he's been excellent all season. Well, I think he's been excellent yes, all season. Yes, he's been. I've voted him player of the year. Ah, me too. Uh, so I think he's, uh-huh. he's, he's think he's due. Uh, but Scott Stewart's had another good game. Scott Stewart. So everybody's starting to think he's a footballer again. I like Scott Stewart. I like. I, I like him every fifth game as well. Aye, aye. <laughs> he's, he's weird. But why? Well, why is he a footballer? Sometimes because sometimes he has excellent games. He obviously did on Tuesday night. Two two goals from what playing wing <laughs> wing wing back. Uh, he's there at the right time. He finishes athletic, but then. He's had games this season where you think just chuck his so I, I'd like to think he's just settling in his new hairdo. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Shut back inside with the Turkish barber. I tell you, it's a lot more acceptable. Uh, ah. Right, so Jack, you're a no. Alan, what do you reckon? We're gonna we're gonna make the playoffs. I think we might make the playoffs, but I don't think we'll do much else other than that because I think it's just it's inherent. It runs through the team that that I don't think they've got enough guts to to to, to win the big games, even. We don't need to go as far back as during the week that twice they take the lead again and twice they can't hang on to it. You know, I keep praying that they'll show a bit of grit and even just close down a game at some point, but they can't do it. And I just get the feeling that in a playoff position as well, with, it, with, Gant, with other teams that have got something to play for, a, a tough tackle in midfield, shutting us down, that's when we've historically really, really struggled. So if they up the ante against us, shut us down, we'll not, we'll not have the, the appetite for it. Last two home games have been one 0 victories, which have kind of been ground out. Not been brilliant, but managed to keep a keep clean sheets. Uh, your favourite Scott Robertson back, so you don't don't think we've showed up showed up a bit again. I think I think we have. I, I don't. Obviously, you lost three goals during the week, which which doesn't. Do you like Scott Robertson? Yes, I do. Really? Aye, absolutely. <laughs> you say no? I've never walked away for an Airdrie game. Thinking Scott Robertson was brilliant today. First, I th- first time I saw him was against Annan, like in the. 
what, what was it, League Cup? Yes. And I thought uh, that game, he was, he was playing almost like wing-back, uh-huh. put some brilliant crosses in, and I really liked him just based on that. So maybe first impressions since then, I've had uh, a bit of time for him. But is it, who's, who is it? Is him or who? Uh, ah, no, I know, there's, uh, no, there's nobody else. I actually thought playing him at wing-back didn't do him any favours. I, th- I thought he was, be- he, he was coming in as a centre-half, uh-huh. and he was the type of guy, I probably said it before on this, he was the type of guy that could probably marshal a, set, a, a central defence probably better than Crichton could have done because he's, he's not quite as prone to, I think he reads the game a wee bit better mm-hmm. and yeah, I think the, certainly the early the, the early games as well players were playing against him and they looked scared of him you know they were they, maybe he's he a big getting, guy he's a big guy he was intimidating and we don't really have anybody like that and yeah, but yeah, and I, I know he's a bit marmite. When you read the preview, it's uh, Scott Robertson did a preview for the game of day, and he said his preferred position is centre half. Yeah, I don't know if he is a wing back or a right back. I generally don't, but I don't I, think I any managers kind of stuck with him through the middle. And I, I he was a right back at Stranraer. I always remember playing Stranraer, and he was always a right back. I think. I always think a good player. Should be able to do like, more than one role. I like, think about Stephen Dockery he used to play just wherever they asked him, full back, centre half, midfield. And so uh, I think that's a good sign that he's got enough in his locker to, to do a couple of positions. But uh, yeah, he's saying he's his own preferred position. I don't think Murray fancies him, and I don't think he would no. be playing if there was an option for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, let's be honest here, there's no, there's no, I wouldn't think there's many in the team just now that Murray fancies. No, no I think honest. a lot of them Well, I see has been dropped as well. Or I didn't play the last couple Aye, of games. Shane McConnell, I'm happy they're both at the team. Well, glasses. It's again, it's another kind of player that's got a wee bit of flair, and I just feel that guys that have got a bit of flair seem are always going to be the fall guy. With you yeah, I like so you're, you're look- very much glass half full. My glasses. Are- <laughs> 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 uh, Morrison household. What do we reckon? We're going to hit the playoffs. Uh, I think. See if we do. I don't think it'll be through. Our own doing, if you know, I think it'll be the teams round about us no picking up many points. I literally. I'm, do you know what? We're we'll doing spite ourselves. I'm, I'm, it's a terrible thing to say. I'm no fuss if we make the playoffs or not. I'm not going to win. See if we get into the playoffs. I fear a right good hammer. Depends who you get. So Morton are on awful form. They're sinking like a stone. If you get somebody that's just. And they're supposed to be quite a defensive team, so even if they won't like. All the honest being on them to go off and beat a, a, a League One side. However, well, we will not be able to play against a defensive team either, because that's where we struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? We, we've got we, when the onus is on us to do something. It's true. Just be a, yeah, two sides sitting <laughs> back. No, after after you. Them on penalties. No, after you. Uh, but if you got Partick or Falkirk, then they'd have had a bit of form, and even if they don't get out of the playoff places, you'd think it'd give us a bit of a doing. But then it would be another home gate. So, uh, I mean. But then does it, does it work the opposite as well? How many times have we been in the playoffs, kind of decent form against teams, the likes of Still and Alvin, yeah. you're like, right, we're going to go in there and do it. And if, we, if you do happen to make the playoffs and you do meet a Morton or a Falkirk and you're, you don't have any expectations, could that work in your favour? Yeah. Well, it's a free hit, but then I saw someone say that in Pie and Borrow for today. Like we're up against these five, nothing to lose. Like It'd be daft to... The pressure on them. I'd be cautious about it. Mm. We're just going to have a go. They'll be, they'll be terrified of like blowing it. Oh, but you know that's not going. to I know. That's that's been, been the frustration this season. Have a go. Score more goals than the opposition. Just try and attack. But no. But you know what I love? I love Murray saying it. It's, it's my own hands. As if to say, right, that's fine. It's my own hands. We go out and win every game between now and the end of the season. We'll get to the playoffs. That's not going to happen. But there's a contradiction because he said I didn't actually hear it myself, but I believe he said on. Rock sport during the week that uh, he'd be happy with a draw during the week. 
you know, and that's if it's in your own hands, you know, you don't go out wanting to be happy with a draw, it's early at this stage. You go out and mm. you win games and you think, This league's not very good. If we can string three wins together, mm-hmm. we're gonna be we're gonna be people are gonna be scared of us, we're gonna be knocking our knocking on the door of the playoffs. No, I'll I'll take the draw. I'll he say, he it's Gordon Stracken in the interview. He said in his interview after Dumbarton on Tuesday night, uh, it's not a disaster, it's a draw. Ah, but, but after the game thinking, makes a lot more sense. Like yeah, that, that is what aye, it is. But when you're three two up with ten minutes aye, to aye, go, aye. And it's, it's just no disaster. Closing games doing, which we can't do. No. How many times we've been no. in a position, and you just wish if we just change about or bring a sub on and shore it up, take the points. And midweek was the exact same. Go one nothing down. You chase the game. You go three two up and seventy nine minutes. You're like that, right? Just see this game out. 10 minutes, 11 minutes, short it up. Aye, that professionalism. And then next minute, 3-4 minutes, goal in and you're like at stage, two points lost. I was expecting a 4-3 Dumbarton. Well, I the, believe as well. As as I was speaking to somebody that said if the game had gone five minutes more, Aye. you know, Aye. the writing was... We would have lost it. We would have lost it. And that wee kid would have been ecstatic. Might have been home. Might have been past bedtime by that point. Anything in particular? I'm worried about lack of goals. We've scored three midweek, but sti- uh, we still still feel like we've not got. Like Duffy's back in the side, and he is scoring fairly regularly. I think if we could, I can see a game where we need to win, and actually it's just we've got chances in front of the goal, but we, ah, don't, we don't take yeah. them. So uh, I think you mean you mentioned glasses being dropped. I, I, Wilkie's had a couple of man of the matches, man player of the month, justifiably. Yeah, since we're mm-hmm. back in, so he's doing a good job just kind of in behind it's, is Duffy going to be able to take the chances or Leighton McIntosh and Leighton McIntosh was brilliant against uh, East Fife really rate him because he had a brilliant game up there earlier in the season he's uh, not prolific though is he I mean no. No. I think you look the, the one he missed at Breakin at one nothing. You know that's a that's a shoe in. You've been you've been gifted it by bad defending he's one on one with the keeper and it was literally a, a fluff mm-hmm. and he fluffed one at Upper Wraith as well yes Remember at a key moment when we were yep. one nothing down. Uh-huh. Not not the last game. Right, it was for a corner. I think he's about six yards out. And he's just the keeper. Just not prolific. You know, yeah. not not in the same way as I he think. went. He went in a good run before the Celtic game. The scoring goals. Ah, I think yeah. he's I, had, I think he had a wee. Aye. Purple patch, patch, but no. No, no. I think he's good backup. Aye. I would say. I think you're right. I think in this league. Right. So fingers crossed, but lack it. Seeing out wins and scoring enough goals probably going to be the, the difficult points. Uh, the back of Airdrie shirts this season carry the logo Suicide Prevention, North Lanarkshire. Suicide is the single biggest killer of men aged under 45 in the UK. North Lanarkshire want to help us do something about that. And North Lanarkshire Choose Life's aim is to raise awareness of good suicide prevention practices and to encourage people to speak up as well as listen. You can find out more at chooselife.net. It's okay not to be okay. Since our last podcast, Airdrie's uh, appointed the director of football. Stuart Miller, who has been uh, in a number of roles, scouting and director of football, uh, kind of within Scottish football and also doing something for West Brom, kind of north of the border. It's not that common a role in, well, certainly in League One. It's probably becoming more common in, in Scottish football. Craig Levine was doing it at Hearts and then took over when, uh, as manager when Cathro split out. But the idea is the division, he'll be responsible for the recruitment, uh, he'll bring the players in, then it's over to Murray to train them uh, and he'll also kind of oversee youth development and make sure there's player pathways. There was a good advertiser article um, just kind of at the outset. He said that he'll, he's happy to do a sit down um, with the podcast, which would be, mm-hmm. be really good, but he wants to get his feet under the table just now. 
I see it as positive just because I was worried about what investment there would be next year and if they're going to pay a wage which isn't even a player's wage that's quite ambitious um, but I just wondered what, what you guys make of it I think it's strange for a League 1 team for, for a, I'd say we're probably a mid-table team in the third tier of Scottish football and we're appointing a director of football I think it's a bit odd because it didn't work out for Gordon DL I don't, I don't think he was he was Gordon Deal was more an assistant manager, I'd say, rather than a director of football. It was a really just, weird mix. I think last the title's year. got so many different roles. I don't know actually what his job is. I think the one thing you've got to worry about though that bearing in mind there's there's been so many members of the board that have resigned over the last few yes. while that I uh, I'm not casting dispersions on the current board, but I would I would worry that there's not a massive footballing knowledge there. Yeah. Therefore, there has to be and. and Directors of football, you're absolutely right. I mean, what what does what that do mean? Do? And and you know, ten years ago there wasn't there wasn't such a thing. Mm-hmm. But what what you badly need, I think, especially with recruitment coming up, new players coming up, a decision to be made about the manager for next season and whatever. We need to have as many football knowledgeable people there to make the right decisions because they haven't been made properly in the past. So um, I, I, I certainly I don't I I don't know much about Stuart's uh, history but the fact that he's at least a football man uh, has got to be helpful at this stage and he's he played for Airdrie at the beginning of his career he's from Airdrie yep. he's been involved in uh, or trying to set up things for past players he's been about the club for the last while and he said he was speaking to the club for a long time about that kind of role so uh, he ticks, ticks a lot of boxes from uh, he'd like to see as a fan um, I mean Gordon Thompson was saying in the last podcast at this level, well, at any level, recruitment's all important. Uh, so I guess you're bringing in someone that's got skills in that area, but it just means the pressure rather than being on Murray to bring in the right players this summer is going to be on, on know, who, Stuart. Who, who, do you, who do you look at to signings now? Who signs the players? Is it Stuart Miller or is it Ian Murray? I think well, I think it'll be him. And from what Ian Murray said, and, and, and he said uh, he'd be in charge of it now. You'd think they would, they would talk about it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> If uh, Murray didn't rate someone at all, it would seem odd that he didn't have any say in it. But mm-hmm. I think if it comes to it, it'll be sure that we'll uh, make the make the call on whether to sign someone or not. But then it always gets cast down to Murray if if, if that if that player goes out and he's rotten. The two of them could be pointing at each other. You know, keep saying, "Oh, okay, the, the team's not playing well enough." Well, I didn't sign the players. Yeah, exactly. So if, yeah. it, if it all works, then then great. But you're, you're right. You think the problem is though, and and it's it's quite a good point. I think you're you're, you're making there that. Yeah, I think football direct, directors of football, their role is never defined. No. There's never like ah, uh, it comes out, and if you read if you read their contract, you will be responsible for, for, for A, B, C, uh, D, and F. Yeah. Therefore, you're right. Is it going to be right for getting all mishmashed with the manager, and and if they don't get on, is one man making the decisions? Is somebody looking over their shoulder at it? Mm-hmm. And you know, likes of the, the Gordon Dale thing. I think there was there was definitely issues relating to no, that. But then last year was a mess, and it seemed as if Gordon Dale just couldn't make it on a Saturday because he was on the radio. So he was doing it, he, he was doing everything through the week and Aye. handing over to Finlay with a team sheet. From what, what was the room that I heard? There's the team you go and take them. So that that, that seemed a point. There was a point last season. Uh, in fact, it was an away game. Myself and Doggy went to. And we were listening to Clyde, and it was after a game. And in fact, it was half time, and we were talking about it. And, were, and it, Gordon Dale was on at the time, and all that. And the guy said, whoever it was, it was interesting, says, Look, Gordon, you've got plenty of time to get away at the game and make the game if you want. And they just kind of made excuses and went, I, I, I'd rather not. 
And at that point, you're like, ah, well, you tell me you've never done that as well. Hurry up, <laughs> hurry up, meet your lunch. Oh, no, I'm taking, no, my, no, I'm taking my time. I'd rather, I'd rather not go. I've still got a couple of pies here to eat. You know? I, I, don't, I don't get the, I don't get the director of football at all. I, I, it's, I don't know what it encompasses. See if it's gone down that route. Then what's wrong with kind of the scouting system? Have scouts to go out and look at players and identify players, and any manager looks at it. Who are the scouts? I don't even have know. Got, got, got the thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. We talked about this know. before, didn't we? You know, what is the scouting process? And and again, that and that, that's my only plus for this. I take on board exactly what you're saying about you know an intangible role here. But when there's you know when there's nobody on the board that's that's focused on the football mm-hmm. side of things at all, you start to worry are these things getting dealt with? No. Does does that board know that they've got a decent scout in place? Does it when the manager comes in and whoever it is, you know, is trying to sell a bill of goods and we've had managers in the past that have gone to directors and sold a bill of goods about let's all play like Barcelona and I want to see the brilliant tiki-taki football and directors have bought into that hook, line nah. and sinker and not stopped and said mate, we don't have players that can do that you know, so, and maybe that type, I'm trying to be yeah. positive but this, maybe that type of guy's the kind of guy to say, <clears throat> that's not within our amount, that doesn't fit in with what we're trying to do here and and as I say, when we're trying to evaluate how we go forward managerial at the end of this season, maybe maybe somebody is Murray contracted to next season. Is that I don't know that because Alan K. Allen said we need to sort the managerial position for next year. I'm not sure if he's. I got the. I, I mean, I might be wrong next year or not. I got the impression he was given until the end of the season, and then it became one of these rolling contracts that right. that, that kind of protected the club a wee bit mm-hmm. more. That you know they, they they could ultimately get to the end of the year and then. Decide was, and, then, and then decide, and it it's almost becomes performance related. Which, which in fairness, you know, for once a football team, football club should have a wee bit more mm-hmm. control over, you know, the, the the managerial contracts. How many managers seem to do absolutely garbage, and then, you know, after six months they realise it's going to be garbage. They've got a three year deal and they've got to pay them off. I mean, they hold all the cards for being garbage. You know, so maybe something like this yeah. but I don't know I mean that's that's back in the mists of time when there was about a million other things going on with the club and you you, th- you almost wake up one morning and think did I pick that up did I hear that right um, and maybe maybe somebody's just making it up but who knows just going back my, my personal opinion and it is just an opinion director of football I feel as if that's more along the lines of the current board of directors in the club trying to make the the club look more official and better ran in the media we bringing this out. As I said, there's how many teams in our league have got the rest of football? Just like a cosmetic it, thing almost. Is it needed? Yeah. That's my problem. Uh, that's my concern. Well, if you've got a good board and you've got a good manager, you don't need a director of football. Of course, and we, we not get. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to speak to Stuart and ask him those kind of questions. Yeah. But again, he's been involved with Shunar, and I think. But halfway through the last season, they had massive money problems. Mm-hmm. And to sell anyone it was good, get loans from elsewhere, and they managed to finish above us. So uh, he, but as most teams I heard last they were year. in a terrible state last, I think it was last January. Financially, yeah. Yes. And this year they've done, well, I mean, they're not that far behind us. If you look at, we've beaten them three times. If it wasn't for them. Yeah, maybe it was, maybe it was a double <laughs> agent. Maybe it was a double agent. Had they, had they been us three times, they'd be above us on what I assume is yeah. a much smaller budget. So... Their, be, their scouting recruitment process feels like it's been more efficient than ours, mm-hmm. albeit we are now above them in the league happily. I've seen Zhao's not getting a game for them now. Yeah. I think yeah. he's been dropped already. 
I, and won't be able to play against us, which is probably a bit of a... Well, I, I assume, maybe we've not, maybe we've not sorted that out, depending on how much of his wages were paying, but uh, you'd be... How worried would you be if Victoria comes off the bench and we're like 2-1 up or something like that? We're tired, we're tired wing-backs. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's just not... Yeah, but, um, yeah we'll, we'll need to see what transpires. I mean, it's a division of responsibilities to me. I, I think the idea is that coaches come and go quite often uh, and... If you've got, if you're looking at what youth players you bring in, what way you want to play football, especially for Adrian, when our home form is so bad, yes, I always think, do we yeah. say, do we ever consider we've got a big astronaut pitch there when we sign players, or do we just sign them? Like you sign Big Lily and his legs are gone, and you just tell her you're playing on that. Uh, so, but okay, you've got that continuity. But then if the if the recruitment's not going well, then surely you maybe just have sack a director of football rather than a coach so then it's just a position that changes all the time as well and you might not get it. Is it full time? Is it a full time post or? Mm, I don't know. Sure. It wasn't clear from the press I didn't yeah, think. It could be a question when you have them on. Right. And Murray's full time so then back to your point of if every other team's coping with a manager that's doing everything and being part time then surely it seems a bit. Somebody, somebody asked me recently after his appointment why do we need a, a, a full time what director of football days, and a full-time manager and a part-time team so I'm wondering if maybe he is on a full-time contract and Martin Ferguson who was what chief scout at Man United for years you would think he I mean he, he's, he's almost more of a ceremonial role but he'll be seeing Adrian every week he's uh, not found and, any players for us yet and seeing the opposition up and not well or has we've he? got a lone player in from Hibs he was at Hibs for a few for years as well so maybe the lone guys have been Contacts through him, don't know. Maybe they're through Murray. Murray was at Hibs as well, he's a Hibs fan. Could be, could be either. Um, so we just need to see what, what transpires. Next part, Flying the Wall. Uh, <coughs> view from the Terrace. Yeah, view, view from the Terrace, if anybody doesn't watch it, I, I quite enjoy it. Magazine show on a Friday night on the new BBC channel at 11 o'clock. You'll get it in catch-up. Um, the, the four guys on it, two are Harps fans, but one's Craig Telfer, who is stadium announcer at Stenhouse Muir, uh, does the Pelly podcast and has a real interest in football mm. at our level. Another one's Sean McGuigan, who's a Wraith Rovers fan, so again, uh, they've got an eye on League One. Adria featured a couple of times, the, the kind of arty highlights package that they did against Starbroth, which didn't show the dodgy penalty that was awarded yeah, to them. music, the music. <laughs> <laughs> And then the, the fly in the wall uh, documentary. And I put out on the Facebook page, look, we're doing a podcast this Saturday. Does anybody want anything spoken about? And it was my dad actually who said, oh, uh, he questioned the, the language. And funnily enough, uh, we had a WhatsApp, we were kind of on a WhatsApp chat while it was on. Alan, that was a point that you picked up on as, as well. I, can't, I don't know if you remember what kind of your comment on it was. I, I was thinking he, sound, he sounded like he was swearing, like a man who doesn't swear. Yes. <laughs> what, wasn't he? Yep, yep. And I, it was I almost found like, it really uncomfortable. Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm quite polite. But I'm contractually obliged to swear as a football manager here, <laughs> and he, he possibly wedged too many swears into the one sentence. You know, uh-huh, I think of, he was just swearing for the sake of. Uh-huh. You know, swear as uh, f word as a, as a verb, as a noun, <laughs> as an adjective, <laughs> whatever else. Aye, it was a bit. It was a bit, and, and everybody had dropped. Everybody had fallen asleep with his half-time team talk anyway, so nobody was actually it's listening. Very, very calm, isn't he? He's quiet. <sighs> that's what makes the swearing. That's what it, the swearing didn't naturally flow in it. No. It just came for. Because you've seen his interviews, and obviously you can't speak in the interviews, but yeah. any time you've heard him speak, 
he's very polite, well spoken, mm-hmm. and then it just came, I think everybody at this table agreed. It was I felt it very false. And Maybe he was trying to be a wee bit ominous with it, a kind of Kaiser Susie type, of just quiet, it, quiet, and going swear. And you had you had no, it was awkward. See, watching it, it, it was, was awkward uh, because you're like, ah, that's just because they all knew the cameras would be in there. Well, so you in know, fairness, that's a that's a problem, you know. But I, and and I know we're having a bit of a laugh about it all, uh-huh. but I, in one in, in my previous job, I can remember I had TV cameras in to, to do an to take some footage and interview that I was doing with a client. You swear? And it was... I had to. I filled it. It was a business interview, so it wasn't, didn't go down to anything. <laughs> but, but, you know, it was just... I was kicking myself. It uh-huh. was just awkward. It was horrible. You, you, you were conscious about what you were going to say, and, and it just, none of it was natural at mm-hmm. all. So, in fairness to him, that was all going on in the background. But still, it was born, and I did fall asleep. Right. And I'm thinking, how's that going to get them? We wondered midway through the season how they kept coming out after half time, and they never quite asserted themselves in the game. <laughs> no, it was the, the Mogadon manager, wasn't it? It was just not nice. much of a motivator. Oh no, no, Mister Motivator no. at all. On his wee notebook, it says here, A, point A. Point A in brackets, swear profusely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't even remember what it was he said because oh, after the first line I'd switched off. So in the pre-match, it's been edited down to a few minutes. Yeah. So bear I, as well this podcast. That'll be the good stuff. Uh, the, the first, uh, the pre-game stuff, he actually... But we know how they're going to play. They're going to sit deep. They're going to try and hit us on the counter. They're very good at it. So he, he pulled out a few points. We did win the game. So yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So the tactical battle, you could see that's evidence that he won. Half time was kind of the half time message didn't feel that that strong or even that detailed. It was just like, come on, guys, uh, if we get the next goal, then it will still be hard for us or something along <laughs> aye, those aye, lines. Aye. So that's kind of a weird one. And then after the game, was just Daryl Duffy swearing about <laughs> well, kicking well, my match, kicking his back. Like, missed a chance. Uh, so, but, but do you think cameras are getting place And it was interesting to see. That was interesting. I, I don't think. No. But it must be uncomfortable for everyone involved, aye. and do we really need to to see? I don't it? think the players would be bothered, but I think as a manager, if you're trying to do a team talk and there's cameras about and everywhere, you're kind of wary of what you're going to say. Right. I think I, the ones, the ones that I can remember, I've seen, and I would laugh if you put the three together. You've probably all seen the the Barry Fry one, the Peterborough. Have you ever seen that aye. one? That one, and then you've got the Neil Warnock Neil one. Neil Warnock, Phil See if you put them together, and then Ian Murray. <laughs> you would be like, and it would just be. Oh, There's also a John Sitton who was at Leighton Orient, and their documentary was Club for a Fiver. Uh, and he offers out the players, he says, I'll F and have you, and I'll have you, and all. Uh-huh. And you can bring your F and dinner because you'll need it by the time I'm F and finished. <laughs> yeah. So maybe but then that, that up probably on the face. That. So watching that, you probably see yourself that. But it wasn't swearing just to because he felt that you had to. But no, it was. I, don't, I didn't see the point. That yeah. I was looking forward to it. I'd seen people write about it, and I switched it off. And, and after I switched it off, I, I, I was like, I kind of wish they hadn't done it. <laughs> and have you watched the terrace match? No, that was the first time I'd seen it. First time I'd seen it. I'd heard a few things before that about the presenters and how some of them people liked them, some of them didn't. I think they came across as all right. But no. It was actually what I probably enjoyed the program more than the the footage for the dressing room. <laughs> the near <nerdy bit. laughs> The one that brought the sort of their favourite sauces. So. Yeah, I did quite enjoy it. Okay. Uh, right, and then to finish, uh, and this is an idea that stolen from my brother who suggested ages ago. Uh, Desert Island Diamonds. So the celebrities go on Desert Island Discs. I've got to pick the five favourite music tracks that they could take if they were marooned on a desert island. So. 
Uh, I'll give that to you a, a slightly different way. Uh, you're marooned on a desert island, but you get the capability to have the memory of one air match to replay in your head uh, until the boat's going to come and rescue you. Uh, so, uh, I've asked you to think about this in advance. Evan, you, you, I mean, you're the... You, what That's you, really harsh on Evan since there hasn't been any good games in 20 years. 11. 11. <laughs> Well, that's been. I'm, well, I'm interested. Well, when I was I'm, 11, I'm on the edge of my seat with this one. Two Scottish Cup finals by the time I was 11. Brought, so, brought the game out like that. Uh, right, right. What, what is it then? Best Airdrie game that you've been uh, to? Probably the 5 1 win over Forfa 2014. What do you remember about it? <laughs> just sitting back, just like that. How are we doing this? <laughs> Up 3 0 against Forfa Spaced out. At that time, your favourite players like that was Jimmy Lister and Jamie Bain. So I think the two of them were on the score sheet that day, sir. So. That was the one. In fairness, that was the one you brought straight away when I mentioned it. Uh-huh. Because Mac and we spoke about. I spoke to Jack about it. You've. I'm weird. I think myself, yourself, and Alan are kind of spoiled for choice. Yeah. For games and memories, I think the younger generation now they're really. I am the use in this. Yeah. Well, well, I, 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 I can remember a nine-inch <laughs> throw. It was. Let's put it a different way. What's the brilliant. best game you've seen this season, then, Jack? Is it because that is it becomes. You're not making it easier. It becomes really, really difficult. But if you take highlights of this season, I mean, my highlight of this is still the Celtic game, just because. Aye, aye, aye. It's a, it was a great day out. Aye. We should have equalised. We should have equalised. We should have been incredible. But even the penalty save. Penalty save. You could tell the keeper was having just fun. Just from his choice of kit that hadn't appeared before that night as well. Uh-huh. Uh, but but at home this season was good, eh? They came back and, and they they looked as I, I thought we were going to go on and make a challenge at that point right. because it was it was everybody did what they were supposed to do. The midfield were good. Uh, and we and it just showed you when you plucked up that midfield they looked magic. There was two weeks I think in August where we drew it at Hamilton away. I walked away feeling good after that. Mm-hmm. So we get a point at a be Aki's something that great, but it's a draw against the Premiership club, and I thought we should have beaten we them. We should that have beaten day. them. And then the next week, Forfa, we were absolutely terrible up at Forfa for eighty minutes and scored three goals in the last ten minutes. And you thought we've got we've got special we've got guys thought, here that can I win games for us. We, eh? we could do this. That's when you're thinking then beat Afton throws at home the next <laughs> week, and it was Aye. back to reality after that. Yeah, Alan, you're someone with a, a photographic memory for away grounds, and you like to take in the detail. Talk us, talk us through uh, what you can remember from your favourite game. Uh, well, it would be a home game, probably. I'm thinking 1984, Airdrie 3, Aberdeen 1, uh, League Cup. It was at a time when Aberdeen, probably just after winning the Cup Winners' Cup, eh? and uh, so you've got Miller, McLeish and, and co, and and we destroyed them. We destroyed them. I think there was McCabe scored, Flood, and Tommy Yule. You remember Tommy Yule? I don't know. I know the name. Aye, aye. A wee guy, a wee guy, and I'm, I'm sure my memory's playing tricks on me, but I'm pretty sure he scored a diving header for the edge of the box. But I might have been wrong with that one. Um, and it was just a brilliant, brilliant night, and we just completely outclassed them. And uh, and I seem to remember as well that it went to Radio Clyde, and it was the boy Jimmy Sanderson, the easily guy Jimmy Sanderson, was trying to say, oh, Aberdeen had a couple of call-offs that day and whoever was reporting in the game was saying aye but Airdrie had four guys missing as well and we did and we still just took the mickey out of them we had a guy playing for us that night called Joe Gillis when that kind of bit part wingery guy with a bit of a, a, a bit of new in the ball and uh, and he sat in the ball at one point I think 
towards the end of the game, he got the ball out in the wing and just dunked down and sat in the ball for a minute and got back up and the crowd are going, oh! I don't think he ever played for the after that. Really. <laughs> but he was a hero for a minute because he did that sort of stuff. It was brilliant. That was so much my game. And so Broomfield was it midweek? It was Broomfield under the midweek under the lights. Football under the lights is always, always brilliant. better. Standing, standing, just right near them so you could you could slap Willie Mill on the head if you took a shy. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Colin, over to you. Uh, I was stuck between two of them. I, I went with the, the 92 quarter final, believe it or not. I know a lot, a lot of folk will probably say the final or the, the semi against Hearts, but for me it was the quarter final against Hibs. 2 nothing game through there. Not a brilliant game by any means. Man. I think actually when we scored like six minutes to go, we got I think probably the first shot on target that we had. But I can just get, I remember going into the game and just, I, I, I don't think I've ever thought it since. I've been into that game thinking we weren't going to lose. We just couldn't lose. Within, obviously, Paul Jack took Mickey Veer out, which was a good start as well. <laughs> uh, no, not even a booking. That's what I remember. When you see, when you see it, because the DVD, one of Stephen Eaton's DVDs has got the highlights on it. Uh-huh. And you think nowadays, you may be a straight red, and as you say, nah. I know. But even then, I, I mean, uh, Pat McGinley got a, won a penalty, and even at that point, I'm thinking to myself, big Johnny Martin record, he's going to save this. Tommy McIntyre, Johnny Martin saves it, and then six minutes to go, obviously, they'd started with Lawrence up front that day, they brought Coyle on, six minutes to go, and it was just two goals. And I can remember coming away thinking to myself, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, brilliant. Who's got the other, Coyle? Uh, Coyle got the first one, and Sammy Coyle got the second one. And I can remember the two goals, clear as day. First one and Jimmy Boyle throw in, Balfour's up and it's a kind of a bounce back header that falls down to Coyle. Coyle kind of half falls into the corner and then Hibs are kind of chasing the game and then the second game was a goal kick for Burridge, headed back with Balfour again. See, that's where I picked your name, that's where your name came in handy. <laughs> uh, and it was a wee one-two between Con and Coyle and Con goes through and it was a, the fist pump. But I just thoroughly enjoyable. That was my, that's my most memorable game, the one I would take with me. And probably fast forward every single time in the last <laughs> 10 <not>. minutes. <laughs> uh, Jack, so that was unfair to give you this season. Uh, what, what, what is it then? Like, I think you did, you did mention a good one before we finished. Uh, so I think that re- playoff. Relegating uh, air. That was a good day out. Even a couple of years ago, we played air in the last game of the season. Down at Somerset, yeah. it, was a, it was a nothing game. <coughs> but I, th- I think we had to win to maybe get into the playoffs with any chance. I think we needed other results to go our way. And I think they came second or something. I'm sure we were two 0 up within the first five minutes or something like that, and we were crammed into the wee corner at the side instead of behind the goals. Yeah. It was a great atmosphere that day. Yeah, probably, probably the two of the games at here. Danny Lennon's last game. No, was he? Yes, Danny Lennon's, Jimmy Arthur's last out. game. And one of the results that we need to score, I can't remember what it was, but was going early on in the day was going early. I, I think I think Stuart got the playoffs. I think it was them that got in front of me and them to drop points and I think they won. You should have been a laugh for me. yourself? <laughs> uh, me, okay. uh, 1995 quarter-final against Wraith Rovers. A Wraith Rovers team that won the league that year, had already won the Coca-Cola Cup. We're going for a treble with both major trophies, which seems ridiculous. Uh, we went up there uh, and beat them 4-1. Uh, Paul Harvey absolutely ran the show. And we, we actually looked back on Paul Harvey's goal record. He didn't score that many. He scored... To that, yeah, chip from the edge of the outside the box. Oh, I, I, absolutely, absolutely beautiful lob. But just the edge were 
unbelievable that day. And again, it's on those DVDs, uh, and it's one of the kind of... 5.99. Alex McDonaldisms, where uh, he gets interviewed after the game and says, well, Alex, were you worried at any point? He says, well, we're not for the toss. I wasn't sure we were going to win that. It's <laughs> <laughs> such swagger. A, a camera in the dressing room where Alex McDonald, I think, might have been good. quite different. Uh, but no, we were excellent. And it was, a, it was an era where we made two Scottish Cup finals, which now just seems... Ridiculous. I remember the size of the crowd behind the goals as well. It was cramped. And, and, and actually, it was, it was a good day out. It was uh, the Junior Diamonds, so the forerunners to the Aces had us up. They used to have a link up with, with the bus stopped at the McDonald's drive through in Coat Bridge and got loads of food because they used to sponsor you. Uh, so we were up with the mates awesome. rather than with my dad. Yeah, so you kind of get to, 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 <laughs> to do your, your own thing. Uh, what age would you have been? 95, I'd have been 11. So the same as you are now, Evan. There you go. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a great game. The sun was shining, uh, yeah. and Airdrie were absolutely brilliant. And we're brilliant in the same final against Hearts, albeit a different type of game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's. Uh, it would just be great if we start to have these kind of games now, because uh, we does feel it's a dearth of, uh, dearth of big occasions. But. Uh, we'll call time on it there. Um, yeah, because we're dying to go to the game. Uh, see what, <laughs> see what we do against no, no, let's, let's, let's talk about something. I've got another couple of points. Come on. <laughs> 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 you've still want to go to the game. Thanks for listening to the OTL podcast. A big thanks today to our panellists, Alan Porteous, Jack McCracken, Colin and Evan Morrison. And a shout out to our host for today, 4 Isles. They're a club partner, so please support them where you can. The original music for the OTL podcast was created by Scott Crawford. Thanks, Scott. And a big thank you to all our donors mentioned at the top of the show. If you like the show, please tell your friends about it. Please like the Facebook page and subscribe wherever you see it.